When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Better late than never. Welcome to this week's Tripe Supper. Uh, we've had a little bit of a selection dilemma, haven't we, Phil, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, Dom, well, that's been a busy week, mine, don't forget. It has, it we've... has. Uh, Dom and Vic are both off today. Uh, I think they're preparing themselves for the long trip down to White Hart Lane. Uh, so it's just myself, Jonathan Taylor and Philip Talentire to talk. Well, there's plenty to talk about, isn't no there, really? To talk about, isn't Transfer there? window, the relegation battle, a bit about Tottenham as well. So we'll start with the transfer window. It's now closed. It's a bit of a relief that it's closed as well, isn't it? No, it's a massive relief. I think, I think you can move forward now, can't you? You know, everyone's got their own opinion about whether Borough did well in the transfer window or not. Um, from my point of view, they haven't finished the window any weaker than they started it, and that's an important thing. Um, there was a huge, um, you know, issue around. Ramirez wasn't wasn't mm. it? and and that remains to be resolved. Really, we see how he comes, but I think it'll be all right. I think he'll come back next week, and I think he'll get his head down because he has no alternative. What's he going to do? Sold for four months, five months? He's never going to get a big money move if he does that. So, I think I think we've got, kept Ramirez, and he's one of your big game players. Added into added in the shape of Bamford and Gisted. Obviously, some fringe players have left. The only disappointment, from my point of view, is to see Jordan Rhodes go. I think I don't think he really got a chance. Um, I don't think we really can say hand on heart. I don't know whether you agree or disagree, Jono, but I don't think we can say at this stage whether he's definitely capable of scoring goals in the Premier League or not. And to me, I think to have a player for a year, albeit six months in the Premier League, and to let somebody go without finding out that fact, clearly, I talk Cranko clearly didn't think that he was a player who was going to score goals in the Premier League. If he did, he wouldn't have let him go. Um, but Negredo's the number one, and it all rests on his shoulders, really. Um, obviously, the one sign in Adlini, Guadi, how do I don't know, I can't even pronounce it, Guadiora. You can say it better than you can spell it. Yeah, I can say it better than I can spell it, because I can't spell it yet. But <laughs> that's an interesting one, and I mean, I know... We, uh, there was a lot of criticism flying about wasn't it, on social media on Tuesday when his name emerged. And it is a little bit of a surprise because I don't think Burr is short in that area. I mean, I don't know whether you agree or disagree, but I think one of Burr's strongest areas has got to be that central midfield. You've got Ledbetter, Clayton, Darun, Forshaw can all make an impact there. Uh, even Downing can play in a withdrawn role now and do a really good job. So... It's a surprising sign, but maybe it's just one of those ones where you felt he's available, we can do it for the right money, let's get him now. Well, it's interesting. I mean, if you ask me, are Borough stronger than they were at the beginning of the window? I probably wouldn't say they're any stronger. What I would say is that now Ito Karank has got two attackers in Patrick Bamford and Rudy Gestead who he's more likely to turn to off the bench I mean how many times do we see at the start of the season where Borough were trailing by a goal and Crank mm. looked behind him and didn't fancy didn't fancy Rhodes or Nugent so didn't put either on now he, he's got no complaints really he has got you know, strikers he can throw on as he did against and West Ham and West yeah. Brom so that's a positive but are they any stronger than they were? I'm not sure, really. The proof will obviously be in the pudding. I think you're right, Jordan Rhodes is one that I think will 
really will kind of he leaves Teesside and a lot of Borough fans will be a little bit disappointed really because we didn't see him and what was refreshing about Rhodes I thought was he, he was he was a player who just loved to play and he, you know he barely had a kick in six months but his head never went down I remember you know, we saw him on the training ground and his finishing was still top drawer mm. on the training ground but he never moped around the place he was always had a smile on his face when he was in the canteen eating with with, with the other teammates he was always kind of there and, and looking upbeat and I think that he's a more than anything, I think he's the character. He's, he's that kind of character that you want in the dressing room. Now, clearly, I think it's a real shame that Isor didn't fancy him. Didn't you know? It was interesting what he said in his press conference was that at the beginning of the season he had a conversation with Jordan Rhodes, didn't he? And he uh, he said, you know, he persuaded Rhodes to to give it a go for six months. Now that says to me that at the beginning of the season, Karanka already knew. That, that Rhodes wouldn't be anywhere near his starting lineup, and that was a shame because he was that, brilliant in pre-season, season, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he scored. He, he had a great record in pre-season, averaged nearly a goal a game. Mm. But you could see last season he wasn't featuring as often as you would think in a team that needed goals, and from a striker who cost the best part of eight or nine million quid. So mm. there seems to have always been that doubt in Karanka's mind. The one caveat I've got about the whole situation is that. I've only seen him obviously make the you know he made he made the start against Akrant and he's come off the bench a couple of times. I don't see Gisted as being necessarily the type of footballer Karanka likes either. Although he's definitely his signing, he's mm. he's a player he wanted. So it's a strange one that. And, and you're absolutely right. It, already we've seen this month, sorry in January, I saw Karanka turn to those players as subs. He didn't do that mm. with Rhodes. So um, it's it's a shame, but it's a, you know we've got to move on. You know it's one it's one to park, one to move on from and. Um, I mean, moving forward, the key is to, to get the team to gel as best as possible yeah. because there's some massive games coming up. I certainly, I mean, I certainly don't think that Borough are any weaker than when they started the window. I mean, the the one worry is you've you you've mentioned it already is now you've got your best player arguably in Gaston Ramirez who's had his head turned and you are right I think that it's all going to be about how he gets his head down we understand obviously he's injured he won't be involved against Tottenham um, but he is going to be reintegrated into the, the, into the training in the first team squad on Monday or Tuesday next week and um, I mean Karanka insists that it'll be absolutely fine he's got a good group of players good dressing room that, that will let him you know allow him back in and, and, and nothing has changed but do you think I mean as a, as a player if, if someone kind of clearly says Right, I want to go. Is it that easy? I don't know. I think it's a different world now, isn't it? Footballers don't expect to stay at a club for a lifetime like they did mm. in the seventies and the eighties. You know, players do come and go very quickly. You know, he didn't do himself any favors. You know, by basically handing in a transfer request and agitating for a move. You know, literally six months after Burrard resurrected his career, put a lot of investment into him in the summer, and 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 jumped over a lot of uh, jump sorry jumped through a load of hoops to mm. sign him in the first place. It wasn't an easy deal to do so. I think just I just think from both parties' point of view, they need him to do well. He needs to do well so that he's going to get this move in the summer because I can't see him staying beyond the summer uh, after what's happened. I think both parties will want to part ways and hopefully move on. Um, but I do think you know Borough don't have too many nailed on match winners and and as we know they've only won four league games this season. You know and we're now into February. Four mm. isn't a huge number. And most of those wins are indeed the points we think about at places like Man City and Arsenal. Um, they come, they they come because you've got game-changing players. You know, Adama Trier was fantastic yeah. at Arsenal. I know it was only a draw, but they could have easily won that match. You know, again, Triori had an impact at Man City. Ramirez against Bournemouth. Yeah. Ramirez against Arsenal. Funny enough, Ramirez against Hull. Borough need that bit of magic. If if they're going to stay in this division, they need to keep Ramirez happy and fit and firing. 
They need Triari out there on the pitch more often than not, and they need to keep Alvaro and Degredo fit because, as much as you know, you know, Gisted could be a good player. Bamford, we know, can score goals, albeit at the Championship. They're not really players who are coming here, you know, ready to hit the ground running. You know, Bamford's barely played yeah. a game for eighteen months. He's by his own admission. Gisted was a fringe player at Villa towards the end. Um, you know, he wasn't he, his face didn't really fit with Steve Bruce. So. We've got to keep people like Negredo fitting yeah. on the pitch, and I, I think that's going to be crucial moving forward. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the four wins that Borough have got, and I mean, I remember the Bournemouth game before Ramirez scored that goal. It was a toss of coin job, wasn't yeah. it? I mean, Valdez made a, a world class save yeah. you know, to keep the score, and, at and the ball was cleared off the line as well. Exactly. The whole game, you know, Borough were well on top, but they relied on Ramirez to get that breakthrough. I remember it was the header, wasn't it, at the back post? So, I mean, that's half of Borough's win that have come through a moment from Ramirez. Um, Is it too simplistic to say that Borough's survival hopes hinge on him? I I wouldn't say they completely hinge on him, but I think it's pretty close. I think he's the one one in that team that can do something magical. And if, uh, along with probably Triori, actually. I I agree with what you're saying, but I think the one player I think I'd I'd, I'd like to lose the least would be Negredo. Because Mm. I know everyone's been on his back a little bit about his mobility and and his his goals per games ratio. But you look at that little moment against... um, Against Swansea, for example, mm-hmm. the moment against uh, West Brom that well, you know he, he ran to win the penalty. That the, there've been several, that that back heel for Clayton that, that that ended up with the the ball being there looping over the bar. Um, he, he, to me, you know, you could possibly get by elsewhere on the pitch, but I don't think they've got another striker who will score the weight of goals. Um, if we lose Negredo, I mean, I'm, that's being a bit, bit pessimistic, of course. But you're right, Ramirez does though would make an impact. I mean, it seems as though Downing's not going to be a first choice for a while, doesn't it? Mm. So you're looking at the left hand side, and if you, if you're going without if you're going without Ramirez on the left hand side, then you, then then who do you play? Stuani hasn't really convinced. Fisher hasn't really convinced. Downing's out of the picture. So suddenly you're in a situation where you really need Ramirez fit for that side of the pitch. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I completely agree. And also, if you mention on the on the Grado, I mean the odd games that Negredo didn't play before Christmas. Jordan Rhodes start, he started a couple, didn't he? Also, Nugent mm. started in the cup. You'd have to think now. I mean, Crank has already said that Patrick Bamford won't be used as a striker. So if yeah, you're right. If Negredo does get injured, who is then the striker? Is it is Stuani over Gusted as the the backup striker? Because Karango has said that you know he's not. I'm not playing long balls under myself. We're not. We're never going to play long balls. Well, that's bread and butter, Gusted, isn't it? Yeah, I thought so. So yeah. presuming that that's not going to happen from the off, that's going to be almost a plan B. Yeah, it would have to be Stuani. Who's if if anything happened in Negredo? But but Karango has been so reluctant to use mm. um, Stuani as an out and out striker since he came to the club. So that would seem a logical chance to use Stuani in that position. But would he do it? He hasn't done it so far. As you say, he used um, Jordan Rhodes up front, mm. Southampton and West, Bro- uh, mm. uh, sorry, West Ham. And uh, was Rhodes, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, Jordan Rhodes was on the hidings and nothing in both those matches, quite frankly. Um, that's why I say it's, it's crucial to keep Negredo fit. Mm. I mean, Bamford is a clever player. He can, you know, he can work out a way of scoring from most positions, but you've just rightly said that Crank says he doesn't see him as a target mm. man. Now, I guess the other alternative is if you don't have a Negredo, you change your system. And you and you and you go maybe to the the three five two we saw yeah. at Watford, but I can't see him doing that too often. Yeah, no, it is very. I think and actually Negredo has been doing recent, uh, you know, very well recently as well. I thought against West Brom certainly he, he put a real shift in there. Mm. I thought um, he chased down balls that, frankly, before Christmas he probably He's wouldn't just have chased class down. Player, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
we we can't go on beyond the transfer window without mentioning obviously everything that's happened with with Karanka and the, and the comments over the last couple of weeks. Obviously, in the aftermath of West Ham, we know what he said. You know, he said about the fans. He insists it wasn't a criticism. He just wants you know the, the help the players and and you know he basically said that the players deserve a bit more respect. They're not got enough experience to cope with with people shouting for long balls. Whether we agree or agree or not, that the the, the crowd actually did that. Then obviously the bombshell last week was that his press conference, which was a remarkable one, um, where he kind of says that he had a little pop at the the transfer progress and the hierarchy, didn't he? He said, you know, everyone knew a month and a half ago what my targets were, i.e. Jesse, Bojan, Snodgrass, and, and I don't know why they've not come. He, he tried to put all that to bed, didn't he, this week? Uh, I thought actually he came across very well in his press conference. I, I think that he said what was needed to to kind of draw a line under it. Is that something that that could potentially you know rear its head again or? Well, I mean, Borough gonna. I've said all season that I'm not sure everybody connected with Borough is geared up for a season where the club finished fourth bottom because that means you you lose a lot of your matches mm. and we know what it's like after every defeat. Now there's a huge amount of an inquest. There's criticism flying around. Um, questions are asked about tactics of selection. That's the same in any club, and I think the manager has to. I think I think he will come under pressure again, particularly if Borough, you know, continue to get dragged closer to the bottom three, which they did the other night, funny enough, despite going up a place. Um, now just two points above the drop zone. I think he will come under pressure. And I think he has to learn from from his mistakes that he's made. Um, I thought he spoke pretty well after the match on Tuesday night. Actually, he seemed mm. a different man, didn't he? Mm. Um, but the comments about the fans were bizarre. I don't want to drag it all up and rake over all calls again. But I thought it was I thought it was poor. I thought you don't have a go at the fans. The fans have been great. The fans were great that that day. They didn't, you know. So what if they sang attack, attack, attack? What you you know? What else would you want them to mm. sing? Chasing a game. Um, and I thought the com- you know the least said about Monday's press conference the better to be honest because it was just bizarre. It was. Um, it smacked of a manager who was um, unhappy, um, you know, and, and, and clearly willing to say so. Um, and to have a, to criticise Borough's recruitment, quite frankly, is, is just wrong. You know, the, the chairman has funded a complete first team squad overhaul. Now you can quibble with some of the signings. Everyone's got their own opinion as to who the best players are and who should be in the team. But you cannot question the fact that since Borough achieved promotion in May, they bought what fourteen, fifteen players. Um, you know, and players of the calibre of Alvaro Negredo, uh, Ramirez, however that's worked out, Victor Valdez, um, and they've tried, genuinely tried to sign players like Jesse Rodriguez and Boyan mm. and Snodgrass. Now, they did those deals didn't fall through because Steve Gibson didn't want to sign them. They fell through because the players didn't want to come. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you can understand Hull's uh, logic of not selling to Middlesbrough. Um, you can understand Jesse Rodriguez wanting to go home yeah. rather than come to England. Uh, um, you know, Boyan wanted to go to Germany. That was a bit bizarre, but I believe you know Stoke's valuation probably exceeded what he's worth at the moment. You know, I know a few fans were disappointed, but you just look, at, you think, well, he he hasn't been pulling up trees for Stoke for recent months. So, mm. um, I think the, I, th- I quite frankly think the chairman deserved, You know, and it was veil- it was veiled at the 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 manage- the club's ownership, whichever way you want to stack it up, whether that's the chief executive or the chairman. It was a veiled criticism. And I think he deserves better than that. Uh, you know, the chairman. He's you know he's he's done everything possible to support Ita Karanga. But having said all that. Um, I, I do think it's good to say that he's got his head right. Yeah. You know, I think it's crucial. You know, he st- he needs to stay. He's proved that he can set the team up to to get points in the Premier League. You know, Borough before Tuesday night were four four points clear with a superior goal difference. 
And that's why we go back to the squad being no weaker than it was on the 1st of January. If, the, if we can get this far and stay and avoid being in the bottom three, I see no reason why Borough can't finish the season outside the bottom three. I think it was no coincidence that Aito's more erratic press conferences or, or the bizarre whatever word you want to use, you know, it fell at a time where you saw a couple of freak results like Swansea winning at Liverpool, obviously the other night Hull drew at Man United. Those kind of results start to crop up this time of the season. Obviously, as you said, Borough's kind of gap over the bottom three is now just two points. That puts pressure on. Obviously, Karanga will have been working, you know, he would have been working twenty four seven really. Even if when he's at home, you know, with, with his family, he would have been think his mind would have been on football, and that will take his toll. So it's understandable. I'm pleased he's come out and kind of tried to address the, you know, some of the things he said. Don't necessarily agree with the things that he said, but it's important that he's now said right. We're all together. Perhaps a little bit too late, but we're all together moving forward now. But that's only going to have to go one way, isn't it, in terms of the, the freak results at the bottom of the league? Because we see it year after year. There's always one from you know, mid-table safety that gets dragged in. You always have one season, something like that. Always have one at the bottom yeah. that, that fly out, you know, as a Hull are doing now, as the Swansea are doing. I mean, looking at the, the bottom kind of the, the battle at the, at the bottom of the table now, two points ahead of, of the relegation zone. I mean, I, I, for me, I think Borough are doing okay. The, the, the scrapping points, but the one that are dropping like a stone is Leicester. Mm. I don't know what you think about that. No, I think, I think you're right. I think, and I think Leicester probably don't know how to turn it around. Mm. You get into that. Well, I think if you, if you asked Aitor Karanka, he would say he knows how to set his team out to at least get a point out of a match. That's what he's proven very good at so mm. far. I think at the moment, Ranieri doesn't know whether to stick or twist. He's got a group of players who still think they're the champions, mentally still the champions, mentally in the Premier League, uh, they've got one eye, sorry, sorry, mentally in the Champions League, um, they've got one eye on that competition, they've probably got that second season syndrome where everyone's worked them out, um, you know, they, 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 they could well drop. Um, I think from Middlesbrough's point of view, looking at it at the moment, I do think since, probably since Manchester United, that match, we're probably two points down on what we should have, you know, yeah. you look at the, you know, the Leicester game at home, yeah. Um, now you look at it, you think that really was there for the taking. I mean, I wasn't overly critical of Aito after that match because I thought he thought that's a good point. Yeah. So I understood why I didn't go for it. But you look back now and think, well, they, they must have been there for the taking. To lose at home at West Ham, really, that's you know they played okay. That was probably yeah. a point that went begging there. Um, away so, at Burnley, away so that's a point. So, so suddenly you're looking and thinking, there's a couple of points here and there. And if we were sat here now saying Borough were still four points clear with the yeah. superior goal difference. I think I'd feel a little bit more comfortable. I am slightly worried, I've got to be honest, because you know, I've said all season I think Burr will be all right, and I still stick by that. But, you know, what is it, seven games have gone so far this year? Mm. Uh, and, you know, they've suddenly been... And, and, and a relatively, I wouldn't say easy sequence of matches, because it's never easy, but you think what's it's to come. Yes. Yeah, when you yeah. think what's to come, you know, you've had home games against Leicester, West, West Ham, West Brom. They're not the most frightening fixtures when you've still got a... You know, Arsenal have still got to come here. Um, you know, we've obviously had Liverpool at home, but Chelsea, we had Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea so Chelsea, yeah. yeah, so there's still a couple, but I've got to go away to Chelsea. We've got to go away to Liverpool. Uh, we've got Man United to come at home yet. Yeah, the, it's going to be interesting because Borough have played a lot of their the, the teams around them at home already, and it's now it's going to be difficult because the teams that are coming at the Riverside you, uh, are going to be top half teams you know, mainly now you look in the next few weeks obviously I know you've got Sunderland which is a big one obviously you've got uh, Everton coming you've got Man United coming you've got Southampton who are doing alright coming um, I mean 
Borough going to have to go away from home and they're going to have to pick up a couple of wins, aren't they? And I know that there's that crunch little period around yeah, the end of time, April yeah, where they've yeah. got obviously Hull and Swansea. That looks massive already. goes without saying Sunderland at home if you want to stay up. That's a game. You have I, to win that. I, I agree. There are probably a couple of points. They'll be a little bit disappointed. They haven't got a couple more points. Um, but going forward, I still think I'll, if I look at the, the teams at the bottom of the table... Yeah, look, Sunderland have a goal scorer, that's the the concern, and Swansea look like they're improving, they've won three out of the last four. Hull still still just don't think they'll have enough. Do, they? But uh, and then Leicester, it's how they turn it around. Um but there's no doubt I th- I think part of me thinks Borough going to Tottenham on Saturday is a free hit. I mean it should be. But then equally part of you thinks, is it is it a free hit? I know a lot of the teams on the bottom have a lot of difficult fixtures this weekend, don't they? I think they're all pretty much facing uh, the top five, six, and Sunderland play Palace as well. Is it a free hit, do you think? I don't think there's any such thing now, is there? Because I think Borough have shown that against the best teams, they can compete. Now, you've got to ride your luck a little bit. You know, Even against Arsenal, when Borough finished really strongly, there was moments when Arsenal looked as though they were going to rip Borough. Mm. Apart, and it was a but it turned out to be a fantastic away display. If Man City had the scoring boots on, it would have been like the Liverpool match, uh, 3 0 down at half time. But, but they didn't, they didn't have the scoring boots on. Borough stuck at the game and got a fantastic point. And I think that's what you I think that's how you've got to approach those matches. All of, I agree what you say in terms of a free hit, and so much as the pressure's all on the home mm. team, they're second in the table, they need a win to keep keeping you know in and around the title race, in and around the top floor. Um, Borough go there and you look at the start of the season and think well that's not really anything anybody expects us to get a point from but I think they've proven this season that they can frustrate they can hit teams on the break um, they can be difficult to break down and so I think now you suddenly start thinking well maybe that's the kind of goal game Borough actually are suited to in, in a bizarre kind of way even more so than taking on teams around them at home because they found those games pretty tough albeit they've won most of them they haven't been easy yeah I remember I remember uh, you know, remembering the Tottenham game back in September, and I remember that first half was one of you know that that was a horror first half. I remember obviously Valdez and Clayton had the little thing, Borough were two nil down going on five nil. But that second half yeah. was, I mean, it was the introduction yeah, of Traore off the bench. It? Yeah, and I remember that Borough were bang unlucky not to take a point that day. Well, I, I think what we learned from that match more than anything is it, it, don't treat these teams with too much respect. Mm. I mean, Borough Borough sat back on the edge of the own eighteen yard box, didn't I mean Deli Ali was playing his one one of the holding midfielders mm. spent most of his time in the mm. Borough box. Um, the, the the moment you start taking the game to these teams, like Borough did at Arsenal, like they did against Man City on occasions, like they did in the last 20 minutes against Tottenham, you, you suddenly realise they're not that great. Mm. And certainly they're vulnerable to it. To any, I mean, every team has looked vulnerable when Triori's gone yeah. on one of his runs. Every team, with the possible exception of Chelsea. Um, you know, when he, when, he, when he goes into overdrive... You know, Man United, he ripped them. You know, ripped through them, didn't he? And then it was yeah. a weak ball at the end. But he, you know, it Borough could have been in front in the first five minutes against Arsenal. He, he frightened the life out of them. He frightened the life out of um, um, Tottenham in, in that little cameo. And you just thought there and then, well, you've got to utilise that because without him, Borough just too one-dimensional, too predictable. They play too deep, too far down the pitch. And I'm, we've noticed, haven't we, in the last couple of home games in the Premier League, Borough have. Notably played further up the pitch. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And Traore is one where I mean, I, obviously the the narrative is that he's you know he's a raw and, and his end product's not great. Well, actually, I think it's perhaps a little bit harsh. I mean, his end product it needs improving, but I actually think it's been decent recently. And I think as I mean, you, we've chatted about it in the office quite a lot. 
I think perhaps there's a little tendency with Triore, which obviously you know partly comes down to what Karank has been saying about him and trying to keep him grounded. But we need to start you know barking about what he can do because yeah. what he can do is frightening, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I I can't remember seeing a player that can move at that pace against world class defenses and just tearing through them in a long, long time. Certainly not in a you know in a Borussia. shirt. Um, so he has I mean for me he has to start against Tottenham it's a no brainer I think he has to start on the right hand side obviously with Danny Rose out I think that's that's the way that Borough can get in at Tottenham behind it, behind uh, Ben Davis um, the, the team other than that Phil I mean does it almost pick itself you've got George Friend out and Gaston won't be involved are you expecting the same team as West Brom I mean yeah, it'd be a similar team, won't it? I mean, I'd like to see Downing back in there. Um, he had a decent game against Akron. I know Aitor said it's only Akron, but he, you know, he had a decent game. Where would He's you got play good, I'd play him on the left. I'd play mm-hmm. him on the left, Trior in the right. Um, if you're playing the 4 1 4 1, that's worked pretty well. Um, you know, and then you have your two central midfielders, be it Forshawn Deroon with Clayton in the hole or whatever. Uh, sorry, in the, in, the, in the gap between defence and midfield. Um, yeah, I pretty much stick with that. Obviously, he's got the decision to make in terms of whether he puts Chambers back in, whether he feels he's fit. You just think, don't you, that you know, if, you, if you're Maurizio Pochettino, which player is going to give you a headache tonight when you go to bed? Who's going to keep you up that extra 10 minutes? You know, you know, you rest, who's going to make you have a rest, restless night's sleep? Yeah. He'll be thinking Triori because he's the X factor. You know with just about every other Borough player in the team, if you do your job on him, you can you can yeah. you can you can neutralise his threat to a degree. You look at Triori and think, barring putting two players on him and making sure some at least one of those is as quick as him, there's not a lot else you can do because when he gets the ball and goes, it's almost unstoppable. Yeah. It's like the football equivalent of Jonah Lumu, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know, he's almost built like Jonah yeah. Lumu as well. <laughs> not far you know, he's, he, and and I think he is maturing. I, you know, I watched him. Uh, like a lot of people did on Tuesday night against West Brom, and I thought he looked at more, you know, mature performance. He wasn't quite as you know um, unpredictable as he had been. Um, you know, his end product's getting better, definitely. I certainly think that's the case, and and and, and he is a potential match winner, and, and and not many teams have too many of those. In, in central midfield, a bit of an interesting dynamic for for me because. I still think that we're not entirely sure what Borough's best three is, if, if you're calling it a three. I think, obviously, Adam Clayton is, is your best your sitter. You know, the, he plays the Carrick role, plays the percentages better than anyone. His range of passing is probably better than, better than the rest. But in front of that, I think I was the first one to give Martin Darun a bit of flack um, well before Christmas. I think it was the Watford game at home, and I thought he was, you know, he was, he was really, really poor, still getting to grips. But I think I've got to give him a bit of credit, because I think over the last few weeks, he started improving. He's added a couple of goals. He's added a little bit more kind of nous, and, and certainly attacking nous, because you now see him getting forward, don't you? Um, so I think he he now deserves this space in the team. But it's, it's funny, because Tarun's improved for me, where his foreshot looks a bit tired. And I remember Karanka left him out, didn't he, uh, one of the games in January. He yeah. said that he was he fatigued. He Forshaw was unbelievable first half of the season, playing well above himself in my opinion. I think if anyone in that Borough team deserves a little, a, a quiet few weeks, it's Adam Forshaw. But do you think now is a good time possibly to take him out? It's difficult, isn't it? I mean, I think Ledbetter's looked good when he's played. Mm. I think Forshaw's probably just feeling the pace a bit. You know, he hasn't really played regular football for a 
two years, mm. eighteen. Well, certainly if you go to the start of this, the current season, it's eighteen months because he joined Borough from Wigan in the January transfer window, two thousand and fifteen, didn't he? And he rarely played any regular football after that, so he's bound to be feeling the pace a little bit. And he's, he has been one of the big pluses of the season. I think I'm not too worried about the personnel in those positions. I'm more a little bit concerned about the fact that they look almost gung ho now, mm. and they're almost. Too, <laughs> it sounds strange, doesn't it? Criticising Borough for being too adventurous because at the start of the season we were all saying they were too one dimensional and predictable. But I do think um, at times against West Brom, you think that they're leaving gaps to be exploited, they're running forward, they're charging forward. And, and West Brom did nearly hit, went close to hitting Borough two or three times on the break. I mean, they hit the woodwork twice in one move, didn't they? Mm, yeah. Um, and, you know, that goes in and you're back into the West Ham scenario again of losing a game you've played well in. So, I do think there's a, there's a little bit of tightening up to do. Maybe just one sits and one goes. Yeah. You know, I'm never quite sure sometimes which one's the one with the attacking brief and which one isn't because mm. you'll see what Forshaw will pop up and then Darun will pop up and even Adam Clayton at times. Yeah, Clayton will look, yeah. look around, So, he, so I'm, I, welcome, I welcome the adventurous approach in one degree but I just hope we don't Become too vulnerable to the counter. Rain it in, rain it in. We've been spending all season saying, yeah. you know, let off yeah. the, the leashes and now we're Well, to be honest, in. I know I, I, this won't go down well, but I think Burr's probably Burr's most um, guaranteed route of staying in this division is probably to be the, the hard to team to beat that, mm. that we saw for most of the first half of the season, and that isn't necessarily what fans want to hear. But I'm not sure. By playing the brand of football we saw against West Brom and West Ham, while it's nice to watch, don't get me wrong, um, it's um, it probably is more vulnerable to conceding goals. So hey, the manager's got to make a big mm. decision. You know, we all have our own opinions, but um, I do think Borough have got a chance of getting something at Tottenham certainly. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you look at the next four games for for Borough, obviously away at Spurs, you've got Everton at home after that. You've got the, obviously the cup game, which will you know potentially put Borough one win away from Wembley. Then you've got Stoke and Palace away. On paper, that's a tough four games, isn't it? I mean, what would be a respectable return from that? You're, you're now you're asking a tough. No, I'm going to say I'm going to say four points from well, four would keep Borough's head just above water. Well, you look at that and you think a point a game might just be enough this season. <coughs> Excuse me. I think the crucial thing is not to lose to the teams around you, isn't it? I mean, you look mm. at Everton. So you're looking at Palace, you don't want to lose there. You've got, I think if you're going to get, you know, you can't afford to lose at Palace because they're down among the dead men like Burra. Mm. And, um, you know, they got a win the other night, didn't they? And that, that, that's a massive boost for them. You know, Everton at home, I think they think Burra could draw that, at the least, yeah. at least draw that. And then, you know, Everton are hot and cold, and aren't they? Stoke and who else did you Stoke say? Stoke and Palace away. Yeah, so Stoke away. <sighs> I mean, everyone says, you know, Stoke's a hard place to go. It's almost a cliche, isn't it? Less so now, though. Last couple of years, I think, yeah. they've given a little bit yeah. away at home. But I think anything you get away from home is a bonus. Yeah. You know, I never come, you know, I know a lot of fans sometimes come, come away from away games when we've drawn and are a bit frustrated. But, you know, like a Watford match, for example, you know, it wasn't the greatest game, it wasn't the greatest performance. But you think, we've got a point. You haven't lost to your rivals, you know. They, you, know you keep them around you. You know, it's all they all count. I think it's making home games count. The crucial thing, isn't it? Yeah, we'll uh, we'll end just on a, a last point. I know there's been quite a bit of a debate this week about this, but you, Borough, quite a few of the academy lads have you know that have been there for a little while have gone out permanently this you know this week. They've been sold permanently or allowed to leave to the football league. Um, obviously, Johnny Burns gone, uh, Mark Kitchen, Bryn Morris, who's been there for a long time. The one that perhaps raised most eyebrows was Arnold Jakubovic. Now you've seen a bit of him, and I've you know I've seen a bit you of him in twenty three. 
as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, I mean, we understand the reason he went was that the offer was, you know, they got a good monetary yeah. offer from Empoli. But was that a surprise to see someone like that? I was actually, yeah, I was a bit surprised mm-hmm. because he's. A, I mean, you watch, you've, you've seen him more than me, but we've both seen him. He's not, he's not a footballer's footballer, is he? He's not, he's not super skilled, no. but he's got that. We call it. It's again a cliche, a bit like John he's the Bernie Slaven, doesn't well, he? Yeah, he's, 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 he scores goals, and, and that's a priceless attribute. Um, I do, I do understand. You know, it's very difficult now to break into a Premier League team as a homegrown yeah. player. You know, it might be another five years before another Ben Gibson comes yeah. along. Yeah. Um, I'm disappointed that Bryn Morris hasn't kicked on. I mean, at 15, 16, he was talked about as the young player. Yeah. But he came on the knee in yeah. 16. I mean, he, he was literally the one player everybody wanted at 15. I think it was the subject of Man United mm. trying to get him, wasn't yeah, he? And so it, it just shows you, though, that players at 15, 16 don't always build on that good start. So it's a shame to see him go. Um, which is a bit of a surprise. I thought it might have been one of those deals where you could let him go for 18 months for maybe the rest yeah. of this season and the next and, and, and keep some sort of interest in him because he's, he's a big physical youth, isn't he? Mm. So you'd think he can only get bigger and you can only get stronger, only get more experienced, only get more clinical. Um, but again, if Burra's ambition is to be a regular Premier League side, I suppose, would he ever have got a chance? It's interesting that um, obviously you've got a couple of the homegrown players that have gone now who are, have reached the age where they need regular, you know, regular football in the Football League. You've got a couple of youngsters from abroad, certainly Mikhail Soisalo, the Finnish 18-year-old. Uh, you've got obviously the Argentinian left-back Torrejon that's just arrived. I mean, is, is the that... from Ghana as well, isn't it? Yeah, and the lad from Ghana, he's gone out on loan for 18 yeah, months yeah. and coming back. I think it's a good move that to get... Is, to... is that just what Premier League teams have to do now they have to cast the net a little yeah. bit further into Europe and beyond or? Yeah, it's an interesting one because for every 20 players you sign at, at 16, 17, 18 you're looking to get one or two through that mm. is, the, that is the, the, the failure rate uh, I think it's good that Borough produce players that go on to have careers that's a good achievement that really because a lot of yeah. clubs don't with a big ed- you know, good you know, education we, we, we could all go through the, you know, we could sit now and go through the list of players in the football league and find 20, 30 ex-Borough players mm. Mm. you know the likes of um you know Halliday, Luke um, Williams, Luke Williams, um, the lad, uh, Charlie Wyke, yeah, um, Burgess, yeah, all those, all those players. You know, Burr have either signed as teenagers or brought through from sort of seven or eight, nine years old. Um, and there's a few more if I could remember the names off the top <laughs> of my head. But um, yeah, it's um, it, 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 it's it's just a reality. It's a global game. You know, we'd love all the all eleven players in the team to be from fifteen miles radius of the Riverside, wouldn't we? But unfortunately. That kind of thing. You've, you've you've got to cast your net far and wide, and yeah. Burra do that, and 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 they've signed some good players because of it. Yeah, fantastic, great stuff. Well, if you're heading down to White Hart Lane on Saturday, you know, safe journey. We'll see you there. If not, obviously, follow the the action, the usual blog, and all the post match as well.